Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're tuning in from. Maybe you're going to watch this later, and you should, because we are about to embark on an amazing episode of Navigating the Work Compass today. I'm Kate Luzio, founder and CEO of Luminary, and also one of your co-hosts, along with Susan Chapman Hughes, who's on one part hey, of the hey. screen. <laughs> and uh, as always, we are in for a very dynamic conversation. And today we have a guest. I mentioned her last week when we were closing with Carmen Bryant, Nita Malik, who is not only the head of inclusion, equity, and impact at CARTA, former head of DEI at Unilever North America, unbelievable thought leader, top, I recognize as a top LinkedIn voice and part of the inaugural accelerator program for LinkedIn. And for the next 10 weeks, she is going to be talking about getting women back into the workforce. So we could not think of a better guest than to have Mita and selfish sort of shameless loving plug. Mita is a great friend. She has been an, an OG Luminary member and is part of our advisory board. I've gotten to know Mita and everything that she stands for. In addition to her resume that I just sort of highly went through, she is a fierce advocate for women and women of color in the marketplace and underrepresented communities. So welcome Mita. Oh, thank you. I needed that this week. Thank you. And I, I love Luminary and I can't wait to see you all in person. And it is one of the best uh, support communities I ever could have asked for. So I hope anyone listening considers joining Luminary. So thank you. I mean, you got the OG title. How about that? Yeah. OG. It's an OG as well. So, right. So, I mean, and, and, and so, and also an OG friend. And so this is just, um, this is a great conversation. So we spent last week, Mita, talking to Carmen Bryant, who's the SVP of marketing at Indeed, about job seekers, right? Mm -hmm. And what job mm -hmm. seekers are looking for and how you know, employers are looking to, to bring women in particular back into the workforce, what job seekers are now looking for. We know the stats. They're still pretty terrible. Um, yes. We also know- well, They're that actually the worse. Right? Exactly. Because now we're in that um, very interesting period where last year, this time, everybody was in the same boat. Right. But now people have decided that the economy must go on. And um, many people, especially women, uh, are suffering because their kids are in this limbo situation with school. And I have talked to so many women who are like, listen, something's got to give and usually what's giving is their career and unfortunately people are just marching on as if nothing ever happened so yeah. it is actually i think worse than it was last year and so it's really challenging and and we we know in addition to all these incredible disturbing facts right it's women it's women of color that's that's been that have been disproportionately impacted many of the industries one of the new stats, and I happened to be on the a Bloomberg podcast yesterday that, that I've been using is when a woman steps back from a career and takes more than a year off, when she tries to reenter the workforce, her salary is 40% less than when she left. And that's one year. So yeah. Mita, we're going to talk to you a lot about actually some tips for women looking to get back into the workforce or are trying. And by the way, even though we hear the job market is hot and everyone's hiring, it's not always so easy. So I would love to kind of turn it over to you around what you're seeing and what you're talking about and everything that you're doing in your role, but then more broadly as a thought leader in this space. Yeah. 
I think you're both absolutely right. There are women right now who are ready to go back into the workforce. And it's hard to believe, Kate, I can remember doing uh, a LinkedIn Live with you two years ago. I was in the same place in right. the corner of my bedroom. I have not left for two years, right? And I am um, a working mother. I've got a six and a nine-year-old. So my kids were, you know, my daughter was four when the pandemic started. And so there are women who are ready to get back into the workforce, yet they have what I call a pandemic gap year of two years. Mm -hmm. right? And then there are some, like Susan is saying, they, they're not ready. There's no choice. The infrastructure in our country for all sorts of reasons is not supporting women. My village was ripped out from under me. You know, right. many women say that. Right. And then there's also ageism. There's racism. There's all the other intersectionalities. I had someone message me on LinkedIn that said I was told I'm 59 years old by a recruiter. I, I, I'm not going to get hired in HR. And you're like, what? This is these are real stories of what people are facing. And so, you know, Kate, to your point, one of the stats on if you have left the workforce, this is pre-pandemic, an article that I had written in Harvard Business Review where I talk about what does it take to get women back into the workforce. Yes. One stat is let's say you and I are both applying for a job. You have been out of the workforce for a while for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I have not. I have, you have, you have a less likelihood chance of getting called back for an interview, 47% less likely of a chance yeah. that you'll get called for an interview because people will see that gap. So what really concerns me is we're now at two years. So like for recruiters and leaders who are listening, forget the gap. Yes. Ask right. me what I did before that. And oh, ask me what I did as the chief entertainment officer, referee, <laughs> <laughs> as the virtual teacher, as the failed summer camp counselor, what did I do in those two years? And then- Head of procurement. Head of procurement. Yes, yes, yes. Michael's arts and crafts. And Head of fundraising. fundraising. Yes. And, and then ask me, so many of us have side hustles and passion projects. Maybe I got really involved in my PTA and my local community and yeah. figuring out virtual school for my kids. So that is my plea to leaders and recruiters, do not write women off. Yeah, yeah. not right. You know, no. it's interesting that you say that, right? Um, but I think part of the challenge is that the structure of how the organization works just reinforces the forget the gap. Even if people are willing to say, hey, I want to forget the gap, the structure of the organization, the way we do talent development, recruiting, all that kind of stuff is the same. Yeah. So like, what would you suggest organizations do to change the structure of the uh, of how they operate. What are like a couple of things that you would say like, you know what, you used to do that, forget it. This is what you need to do going forward. I would say one thing is be be open and honest about the fact that you will forgive the gap pandemic gap year bias, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm sitting at a company right now and I say, I'm not even looking at that. I'm gonna go back to the two years before of what you mm -hmm. did. It makes me feel more welcome. Right. Why? And so to be really open and honest about that. I mean, the other thing is really looking at diverse slates, which I'm not right. gonna not gonna define. You can all Google that. But <laughs> that, like that is from I don't know, Mita. You gotta go there for this crew. Go yeah, there. Absolutely. Because you know what? There are a lot of well-meaning people out there who are like, well, but I had a diverse slate. And yeah. you're like, mm, not really. <laughs> diverse slate is um, Susan is hiring for a role. I'm her recruiter. We have had a discussion ahead of time of what the diversity upper representation of her team looks like, what her ambitions are to change that, and what the role she's hiring for. Is it remote? I hope it is, because that opens up lots of possibilities mm -hmm. for access to diverse pipelines. And then how do you define a diverse slate? Is it gender balanced? 
must there be at least two people of color on that slate, the final slate that you see? And then I would say go deeper because we know with the diversity tipping point, the continued focus on black representation and ensuring that black representation is at all levels. So when you say diverse slate, also call out what that means, right? And I think educating people is so important and having a definition for that is so important. Yeah. You know, one of not, the things that comes up that as you talk about that in terms of just changing the structure is some companies have actually had this around for a very long time where they sp specifically double down on women who have been out of the workforce, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yes. Instead of saying, you know what, hey, because they do need different support coming back in. A lot of women still have self-confidence challenges and other things that come along with the, oh, should it, do I belong here? Should I be here? And so create a program that is literally yes. specifically focused on women to come back to the workforce and don't hire them as the manager. If they left as a vice president, you bring them back as a VP. You only for roles that are commensurate with their experience, not to set them backwards as opposed to giving them the opportunity to have the leg forward. And even further, don't hire them on a probationary intern yes. period, right? I mean, there are some incredible programs out there. I mean, UBS has a, an amazing career comeback program. It is a rolling program. It is not, hey, once a year yes. apply to this. This is all year round and they get placed in actual roles and everyone knows like this is a real job. This is not probation. So um, I think you're absolutely right, Susan. And I think on the employer side, it's really time to listen up. And then you have employers that have workforces that aren't sitting in an office. So forget return to the office. I, I'm not a I'm not a you know quasi you know in an office environment. I'm retail. I'm hospitality. I'm services. All of those roles, and someone actually like you, Mita, um, DM me and said, "Listen, you talk a lot about return to the office. I'm not going into an. I'm going into a warehouse. I'm walking into a department store. Yeah. I yeah. don't have an option. We don't have an option. We have the privilege to have this conversation. Exactly, right. exactly. So, so yeah. Mita, let me ask an, on a, on the other side, right? So, sure. from I am looking for work, or maybe I'm unhappy in my my current work environment or my job, or I'm looking to switch." What are some of the tools that if you're a job seeker or you're in transition or just I'm just ready for the next thing or I'm just not happy in my culture, some things that women in particular can do to get noticed? Get on LinkedIn. And I know we're on LinkedIn Live. <laughs> and I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. My husband thinks I waste a lot of time on it. Shout out to <laughs> I love LinkedIn for Me storytelling, too. for community, for education. And so please, LinkedIn is your digital resume. If you don't have a LinkedIn profile, get a picture, yeah. get the details, get the basics of your job and what you've done in the past and create a really killer about section. It's like as if we were having coffee, how would I come to life? Mm -hmm. Feel free to go look at my about section, but really so people can get to understand you. I think that's so yeah. important. And then I think the other tip I have for people, because I've, and Kate has been on this journey with me, Luminary has been on this journey with me, as I've tried to figure out what I'm doing next in my career, uh, it can be painful to be ghosted, to not get callbacks, to continue to put resumes into this black box. And you're like, is anyone ever going to notice me? Okay, mm -hmm. so here's my tip. Make a list of five companies that you want to work at, right? Five target companies. Follow them on LinkedIn. Find leaders. Let's say I want to work at Luminary. Okay, so I follow Luminary and then I start following Kate Luzio. And then I start not just liking their content, but I start engaging and commenting. 
And I start saying, hey, Kate, I'm watching you on Navigating the Work Compass. Thank you so much for your comments. And I really like that you said this. And Kate might give me a little shout out back. And this has happened to me over time, where especially during this time, there are people I have never met, but mm -hmm. I met them through LinkedIn and I feel like they're friends. Mm -hmm. and, and then when someone asks me for something in my messages, I usually deliver. So what do I mean by that? I'll continue the Kate example. Kate and I are bantering over the last, I don't know, six, seven weeks, I've been engaging with her content. I then DM Kate and I say, hi, Kate, I love your content. I love what Luminary stands for. Would you meet me for a 20 minute virtual coffee? I'd love to learn more about Luminary and your career. And I also see their openings there. So three things are going to happen. One, she could ghost me. And because it's Kate, she won't. Right. <laughs> and it's also not ghosting cold calling. We have a relationship. Right. 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 So that's a difference. And because LinkedIn is a platform of generosity, as my friend Callie Schweitzer says, I don't think that's going to happen. Two things are going to happen. Kate's going to say, send me your resume directly. I will send it to the head of recruiting and I will get you in the pipeline. Or she'll say, yes, I will make time for the coffee. Mm -hmm. So that's a different way to get noticed, because if you just direct message me, we, we're like swimming. There's so many messages. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's a really strong way to stand out. And also connect with people, right? Yeah. So find folks who are interesting and use your network's network. Because yeah. I think a lot of people like only think like one degree from themselves, but every single last one of us has a network. And if you tap into the network, I've often had times that people call me and say, hey, listen, I see you're connected with so-and-so on LinkedIn. If you know them really well, would you mind facilitating an introduction for me? And I'm like, sure, because a warm introduction is way better than a cold call. Yes, but, so, but with context, right? Yes. Because, and with that ask, because I think there's so much, Susan, I mean, you and I've talked, it's like, hey, I want to meet Nita. Okay, why? Tell right. me why, right? Because also you're opening up your network in a way that you don't do that for everyone. So, right. and Nita, to your point, in that you've now established a relationship. This is not, I just DM you and say, hey, can I sell you something? Or, hey, um, I, I just also do some research, right? Like, yes. what, what does Kate do? What does Kate stand for? What's her background? That's the, what the internet is for everyone. Yes. Um, you can do due diligence, right? Um, this is not like when, when at least when I started out my career, you had to, you literally had to talk to everyone to find out something. Um, so I think there's a real context, Mita, is so important, right? Um, but then, okay, I've done that. Um, how do I actually get noticed on LinkedIn by leaders and recruiters versus just a Kate or a Susan? I mean, we're leaders. So um, you can do exactly what we talked about. Follow that approach with leaders, right? I want to work at L'Oreal in the luxury. Mm. Same thing, right? Yeah. L'Oreal has a lot of great content they're putting out there follow some of their leaders and start engaging with them and putting out your thought leadership. That's one way to do it. The other way to do it is start building your thought leadership on LinkedIn. So that does it, you know, if I was in beauty marketing and I want to stay in beauty marketing, start posting and sharing content around beauty marketing. If I was in sales transitioning into marketing, same thing, because that is a digital resume. So mm -hmm. there's the resume, but then all of a sudden people are going to look me up and say, oh, wow, she's posting about this, this and this. Like she has some really great thoughts about beauty marketing. And another great tip I have is like start giving shout outs to the company you want to work at. Yes. Mm. I want to work in Netflix. I could start being like, oh, my God, I love what next Netflix is planning for Black History Month. 
take a look at how they're support, right? So there's other ways, like think about that. And I think the key with any sort of habit is you have to be consistent. Mm -hmm. So to anyone listening, try to post twice a week. Yep. I know that's twice a week, try to post something. And, you know, inspirational quotes are great. I do that from time to time, but I'm talking about how to land your dream job. You have to post about content in the field you want to land in and present yourself with deep expertise. And going back to Mita, you talked about your killer about section. Yeah. Uh, make sure the keywords that are attributed to the role that you want show up in your profile because recruiters are using scanners to like go through and scan for who might be a great mm -hmm. candidate for the roles that they're looking for. The other thing that is like really basic that I find a lot of people don't do is turn on the toggle that says you are open to conversations mm -hmm. and open to new roles. Because when you don't when you don't have it open, they're like, well, maybe she's just really happy where she is and we're not interested. She's not interested. So if you don't let people know that you're interested and there's nothing wrong with being happy in the job that you are in and opening up to conversation at a minimum, you're going to learn more about what's going on in the marketplace and know what your worth is. Right. And, you know, at a maximum, you will find a new, a new great job that is something that you might have not have thought about before. So, or, I, I, you know, just got to do those basic things, too. Or yes. even just a new connection. Right. I mean, yes. so you know, we talk so much, Mita, on this this show and, and you and I've talked into about relationships versus transactions. Right. Yes. So even in order to execute a transaction, you have to build a relationship. So if whether it's finding a new job, making a new connection learning more about your journey, just wanting to say, hey, I love what you're doing on here. And I want to make sure in the algorithm that LinkedIn has every time Nita you post or Suji you post, I get notified, right? Part of that is also just that connection. Something that you also talk about, Mita, is how to find someone to sponsor your job search. Right. Um, can you talk about that? Because I think not, not many people would know what that even means. Yeah. So we talk a lot about this. There's a lot of talk in the marketplace about sponsorship versus mentorship. I will tell you, I am over-mentored and under-sponsored. <laughs> this recently and people went wild thinking I was saying mentors aren't important. Mentors are important. You know, Kate introduced me to Susan. I would consider Susan, I haven't spent as much time with you during the pandemic. I hope to again soon. Kate, a mentor, both mentors, but they're not going to get me the job that I want next at my company because they simply don't work there. So mm -hmm. sponsorship is different. You can have lots of mentors in your life and you should that have helped us get to where we are. Sponsorship is typically someone I define who is two levels above you in your organization. They are going to help you advance your career. They're going to put skin in the game. They're going to use their political capital to get you a coffee with the CEO, to get you that raise, to get you on a slate for a job you didn't even know was open, right? So think about it that way. And then all of a sudden flip it to the job search. You want someone senior in an organization sponsoring you. Somebody mm -hmm. who, it's great if I have a friend who's working at, let's say Spotify, right? Who's a peer, same level. But if that person doesn't have the ability to hire me, they don't have connections to the head of recruiting, they don't have budget, I wouldn't consider them a sponsor. Yeah. So go back through your list of old bosses, people you went to high school and college with, people you go to church with. I mean, if you think about the networks, they're so vast mm -hmm. that you will likely find access to people who are in senior organizations you're interested in. And another shameless plug for Luminary, because Kate won't do it herself. But like, also, if you're struggling with 
trying to find out, like find a community, find a home, join Luminary, right? Mm -hmm. There are many organizations you can join to meet more people as well. Yeah. The and other thing, oh, go ahead. Before, just to double yep. down on the Luminary piece, right? Oh. Because what's interesting is, um, you know, when I, when I decided to leave my last job, I was like, okay, what organizations could be really impactful to help build my network in places that I don't know people, right? Um, and because I wanted to like get into like more into the tech space, more into the founders, more um, into kind of like a different space than I'd ever joined, been a part of, I joined a couple of organizations. Luminary was one of them already. I had already been a member, but really actually started to use my membership, right? <laughs> um, but I joined a couple of organizations where those people are because yes. I didn't know those people. I knew a lot of people, most of them were corporate, you know, senior executives in different places, but they're not the people that I really wanted to be engaging with in terms of my next and in terms of opening new opportunities for me. So find those organizations that have the people in the places where you want to be and connect with those folks there. Yeah, and thank you everyone for sharing that a little bit about Luminary. It's why I left a very long career in banking to do this, right? Because we weren't doing it enough in the in the real world. And um, one thing I want to add, Mita, to what you're saying around the job search, I think there is uh, so much value. And I did it with you and Susan, right? When I connected you way back when, is there's nothing wrong with exploratory conversations, right? right? There may not be a job, there may not be a role. You may not even know if you potentially want to work in that organization. But having a door opener to just have a conversation with someone within that 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 organization is so important. Last night I was sitting at Luminary with a, another member and she's like, I really would love to meet this person at this firm. You're connected with them. And this is what I want to talk about. Not a role, not a job, but just Great. about the market. So Kate, would you open up and connect? Absolutely. And the way I position it as, hey, think you'll be great connections. If nothing else, just another part of expanding your network. But this is an exploratory introductory discussion because in my view, you never know where things can lead, right? That's Mina, right. that's how we were introduced. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. By Claude Silver. Gosh, mm -hmm. back in the day. But I yeah, know. I know. Yeah. Um, okay. So we, we've now talked about sponsor sponsorship, both internally and externally. Networking, which mm -hmm. always comes up as I don't like to do it. I'm not an extrovert. We're in a virtual world. Um, networking meetings. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about networking? Well, we talked about like, you know, hopefully we go back to that example, I DM you, we've had our, you know, courtship on LinkedIn. We've gotten to know each other. <laughs> we said yes to the virtual coffee, the 20 <laughs> It is just about getting to know people. It's human connections. Kate is a human. In mm. my mind, she might be a superhero, a super goddess up there, right? And then it, you, get, you get nervous. I certainly did when I was meeting people and I'm like, oh, they're just human. Mm -hmm just start a conversation. We're all sitting in our bedrooms or our kitchen or our couch. We've all been through a lot of grief and pain in the last two years that we can't even discuss. Like just connect with people and check in how they're doing, even if it's a networking conversation, right? But from my perspective as the person who's asked for the meeting, it's gonna be 20 minutes because Kate is busy. She'll probably be late. That's just the life of executives. It's gonna be 15, it might be 10. Mm -hmm. just people, right. You be on time and you be prepared. Yes. So be prepared and manage the conversation just like an interview. Do not talk about yourself the whole time because game over. Ask Kate about Luminary. How did she get there? What advice does she have for me? Because I'm looking to get into 
banking or whatever, right? And so as I'm asking about, as I'm asking Kate about herself, I might pepper in some of my accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then at the end, if it goes well, Kate will likely say, well, what are you looking to do next? I know so-and-so at this place, I will send your resume along. Cause here's the deal with networking. It's the domino effect. I don't want that to be the last meeting. I want right. Kate to connect me with someone or Kate will say, I will keep your resume on hold. I really love your profile. We don't have anyone yet. We don't have an opening yet. But the thing I would say to Kate is, hey, is there anyone else you think I could meet in your network? And if I had left a great impression, she'll do that. And this is a tip that Kate has given me and others have given me is end the meeting by saying, Kate, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Even if you feel like there's this power dynamic, which there is in a job search, but there's a lot that I can offer Kate as well. That's right. You know, it's interesting um, having been on both sides of the equation Kate, you talked about this earlier, which is like the do your homework piece and the mm -hmm. Google piece. Figure out what your commonalities are with that person before the call to the extent that you can, because it's a great way to start the conversation and a great way to break the ice. And, you know, but whatever you do, don't say, you know, I Googled you because that actually feels <laughs> creepy. I've had so many people be like, you know, I Googled you. I'm like, what, what did you find? <laughs> That's great. Hi, um, you know, because most people are just very down to earth and very normal and they just got a lot of stuff going on. And if they feel like if you feel like it's not a great connection, then most of the time it's not about you. Remember that. Right. Because I think a lot of people walk away and they're like, oh, it's so terrible. That person was so disconnected. And then a couple of weeks later, you find out that, you know, they had a death in the family or something was going on. Like, just go with the flow, like feel the vibe of where you are, ask for that next conversation and see how it goes. Now, if after three conversations, it's still awkward and it's still weird, maybe you just shouldn't connect with that person and move on because there's a hundred other people that you could be connecting with. But most times that's not going to be the case. Yeah. And actually that goes to the topic of ghosting, right? And Mita, I remember sitting in the luminary space, I don't know how many times saying, I do not get this, right? I, if, I've, if, I've, if I've struck up, even a, there's two views of ghosting, right? I have a relationship or I've struck up a conversation with someone and then it's, it's ghosted, right? You're ghosted. Um, and this is in a professional context. The, two, the second is I've reached out and no one ever responds back. So as you think about ghosting, and I wrote about this in Forbes like two years ago, um, how do you not get discouraged when ghosted, but on both sides? Because those are both very different situations. Yeah. As the candidate, as Susan said, it's not you, it's them. <laughs> the saying back to dating, it's not you, it's them. This is dating, it's courtship. It's getting to find a mutual match. You were not rejected, you were redirected. I said this to a good friend yesterday. So, and Kate's been through this journey with me. All these jobs that I thought I wanted were not the jobs for me. Mm. So um, don't be discouraged, keep going. To employers, to recruiters, to leaders, shame on you if you ghost people, shame on you. I will never forget interviewing for a beauty marketing role years ago, six hours of interviews, the last conversation I have with the CHRO is what's your salary? What's your pay? We're going to move forward with an offer. I never heard from them again. Wow. Never heard from them again. How devastating is that? Yeah. It is the job search is hard enough, especially during this time. So my tip to leaders and recruiters is send an email. That's like bronze, right? <laughs> <And then you laughs> silver, 
is try to get her on the phone. If I can't, it's a voicemail. Gold is I get her on the phone. I thank her for her time. And the plus is I give her some feedback. That's mm -hmm. right. That's right. Because it will reflect on your brand and you yes. never know where people will find out where they'll end up. And I'm sure Mita, all these years later, people have come to you and said, Hey, what do you think about this company? You're like, eh, don't do it. Let me tell you, I remember the names of all the people. Cause you don't forget things like this. It's, it's hard, right. but you don't forget. Yeah. That's right. And well, it's, and by the, wait, let me okay. ask that one more thing because it's also rec recruiters uh, because yes. Recruiters have so much control in these situations, right? So for all the recruiters out there that are listening and that um, that you've ghosted people, I get it. You've got a lot of inbound, but you've had the conversation. You've put right. them through a process, even if it's one conversation. Have the ovaries to go back and say, hey, you just weren't the right candidate. And by the way, give them feedback. That's we right. want feedback, right? That makes us better. Okay, maybe this wasn't the right culture. Maybe it wasn't the right company. Maybe it's not the right time. Whatever that is, it's like any good manager does. Give feedback. Uh, and that could be one sentence. So um, absolutely on the ghosting. Susan, I'll turn it to you. No, I was just going to say, I mean, <laughs> here we are. We're out of time again. Always. I told you it was going to go fast, Mita. I know. Wow. We are so appreciative of you coming on and sharing your perspective. I was looking at the chat and there's like, I see all these hearts and like likes and all these stuff flying up. So people are definitely, um, our conversation has been resonating with them. And we'd love to have you back to keep talking about these things. I do think that there's a whole conversation focused on the recruiters themselves. Yeah. Because I think bias in recruiting <laughs> is a problem. Yes. And I think we could really help these recruiters out here think differently around how to get more women and underrepresented minorities into positions of success in their organizations instead of them being like, oh, I just couldn't figure it out. So um, I do think that's another conversation for another day. But thank you so much for joining us on Navigating yeah. Work Compass. Kate, Thanks who's up me. next? I think we've got somebody next week, too. Getting our, no, is it just us next week? I think it's us, but we do have coming up in the next two weeks or so, Elisabetta Bartoloni, yes. who is a recruiter. Uh, yes. She runs Global Markets Practices at Hydric and Struggle. So this is perfect timing. We'll do a continuation. And I just want to let people know, if you aren't following Mita on LinkedIn, Mita Malik, right in there, you can see in the banner, that's how you find her. Follow her on LinkedIn. Not only is she just an amazing, again, as I mentioned, fierce advocate and thought leader, she is doing this incredible inaugural accelerator program for LinkedIn. So her content is always spot on and it, it hits at every right moment. So Mita. Oh, thank you. You are incredible. Carta yes. is lucky to have you uh, as were all the organizations before Carta. And we're lucky to call you a member and, and also a friend and keep it going. We're excited to have you back soon. I'm coming yeah. back. I'm inviting myself back. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. Stay, Stay safe. safe. <laughs> have a great week. Bye-bye, everyone. Right, take care.